To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday in Easter is the gospel for today. You heard it read before, John chapter 20. I recall just uh, these words. <clears throat> Thomas told them, I refuse to believe this unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my fingers into them, and put my hand in his side. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Take your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, and buried, and rose again, and guaranteed us of everlasting life, those who believe in him, my beloved. I don't know if all of you know that we have three series of readings that are designated for each Sunday of the church year, an A and a B and a C, so that we get a variety of different re readings for every Sunday of the church year. It's kind of interesting to note for the second Sunday in Easter, the gospel is always the same every second Sunday of Easter, the story of Thomas and the disciples. And I think there's a reason for that, and that is because that event occurred the Sunday after Easter. And so we always review that account of Scripture. You know, whenever we talk about Easter, we're not just talking about an empty tomb and some bewildered people. Easter is about a Savior who died and who was buried and who came back to life and appeared to his disciples. The reason for mentioning that this morning is to remind ourselves that Christianity is not based on some blind faith where you sort of uh, so, uh, throw all of your human reason aside. Christianity is trusting visible historical evidence. And that's why Jesus, after he came back to life, he went around appearing to his disciples. He appeared to provide them with evidence and with peace. After Jesus' death and uh, resurrection and before his ascension into heaven, Jesus spent actually 40 days appearing to his disciples. So there was undeniable physical, empirical evidence that he was alive, and that was very important because St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, if Christ hasn't come back to life, your faith is nonsense, and sin still has you in its power. And that's why Jesus went to great lengths to show himself to many, many people. St. Paul also says, I passed on to you the most important points of doctrine that I have received. Christ died to take away our sins as Scripture predicted. He was placed in a tomb. He was brought back to life on the third day as Scriptures predicted. He appeared to Cephas, that was Peter, 
Next, he appeared to the 12 apostles. Then he appeared to more than 500 believers at one time. Most of these people are still living, but some have died. Next, he appeared to James. Then he appeared to all the apostles. Last of all, he also appeared to me. It's kind of interesting, too, when you take a look at the appearances of Jesus. He appeared to his disciples sometimes during the day, sometimes at night, sometimes up north in Galilee, sometimes down south in Judea, sometimes indoors, sometimes outdoors. And even the guards by the tomb on that first Easter faced a power they could not resist. St. Matthew tells us after the day of worship, as the sun rose Sunday morning, Mary from Magdala and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a powerful earthquake. An angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, rolled the stone away, and was sitting on it. He was as bright as lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so deathly afraid of him that they shook. The chief priests gathered together with the leaders and agreed on a plan. They gave the soldiers a large amount of money and told them to say that the Jesus' disciples had come at night and stolen his body while they were sleeping. They added, if the governor hears about it, we'll take care of it, and you'll have nothing to worry about. The soldiers took the money and did as they were told. Their story has been spread among the Jewish people to this very day. But there were witnesses of the real truth. And as we heard read before in uh, St. John's first epistle, St. John says, the word of life, that's Jesus, existed from the beginning. We have heard it, we have seen it, we observed and touched it. When was that? Before the resurrection and after the resurrection. Before Jesus' death and after his death. They saw Jesus and they touched him. He appeared to people to provide undeniable evidence that Jesus was dead but now he's alive. Now, the verses before us this morning, as I mentioned before, on the Sunday after Easter, that's when it occurred. But the first Easter evening, the ten disciples were gathered together and Jesus appeared to them miraculously in that locked room. And then a week later, and then Thomas wasn't there, and a week later, then Thomas was there and Jesus appeared once again. Now you know the whole story, I believe. There they were, the ten disciples, sitting in that room, that upper room, locked. All the windows, the doors were locked, and Jesus was just there. His glorified body no longer subject to the laws of nature. Jesus could be anywhere, anytime. Thomas wasn't there. And later on, we hear that the disciples said, we've seen the Lord. Thomas wasn't there. And so when they said, we have seen the Lord, Thomas said, unless, you know, I touch him and everything, I'm not going to believe this. And, you know, it's, for, it's been so many years, centuries, that we give Thomas a bum rap. We say, oh, and people even, even label some people doubting Thomases. You know, all the disciples on the first Easter morning, they were all doubters. Thomas just came a week later. You might say, skip church, and there's an encouragement there. Don't skip church anytime. You might miss something. And also, uh, Thomas was a strong disciple. After uh, when Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and the disciples said, no, 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 we don't want to go down to Jerusalem. They were afraid that Jesus was going to die. 
It was Thomas who said, let's go so that we too can die with Jesus. Okay, so there Thomas was. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I see. So Jesus met his demands. Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Take your hand. Put it into my side. He, Jesus, was willing to present evidence even to doubters. And of course, Thomas's response, my Lord and my God. As important as the resurrection appearances of Jesus were, Jesus also appeared to bring peace. So we talk about peace. What is peace? Well, peace is the opposite of war. But peace is also the opposite of fear. What were the disciples afraid of that first Easter evening? It says they were to gather together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jews. After all, these disciples were followers of Jesus. They would look what happened to Jesus. Same thing might happen to us. Lock the doors. In reality, the disciples were not just afraid of the Jews. They were also afraid of Jesus. If Jesus was alive and he was on their side and he was the miracle worker, why they wouldn't have to be afraid of the Jews. But that first Easter evening, they were afraid, meeting behind locked doors. And all of a sudden, Jesus was there. Now, we've heard this story so many times, you know, as I sort of take it for granted. But how would you react if one of your relatives died and the funeral was over and the burial was over and all of a sudden your relative suddenly showed up in your living room? I'm sure you wouldn't say, oh, that's really nice. Glad to have you back. That's why Jesus had to say, peace be with you. Calm down. Calm down. It's really me. Everything's okay. And that's the way it is all throughout Scripture. Every time sinfulness meets holiness in a miraculous way, the result is always fear. Mary, fear not. You have found favor with the Lord. Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. Don't be afraid. Jesus is not here. He has come back to life, just as he said. But there they were. The disciples were filled with emotional fear. But they were also filled with spiritual fear. After all, if Jesus did come back, was he going to be angry with them? Peter, I told you that you would deny me. Disciples, I told you that you would all flee. I told you that I was coming back to life. Would Jesus scold or would he lecture or would he punish? Would he still be their friend or would he abandon them? And so Jesus says, peace be with you. He wanted them to know the real peace that comes from the forgiveness of sins. When even though you've messed up, it's all forgiven. Peace, that sense of inner 
peacefulness based on a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the assurance that God is present with you from now till all eternity. Jesus wanted his disciples to know of eternal peace. And as I mentioned before, peace is not just a cessation of war. So I'm sure you've seen documentaries of war scenes, especially World War II, and you take a look at the streets of Germany after World War II, and all the buildings are blown out and all the rubble and all the mess. True peace comes after all the mess is cleaned up. And when you have safety and security once again, Jesus wanted his disciples to know the true peace that comes to the body and the soul, that he would be with them now and for all eternity. And so it is that Jesus wants you, too, to have emotional and spiritual and eternal peace. But isn't it kind of interesting how Jesus, even coming to his disciples, that first Easter evening, and even with Thomas, it didn't completely calm them down. For a while, they were still afraid and hid behind locked doors. I mean, let's face it, in the real world here today in 2018, we struggle not always comprehending or experiencing the peace of God in its fullness. The peace of God that surpasses all human understanding, Scripture says. We struggle with doubt and with faith, just like Thomas did. But don't go looking around for faith and for peace because it's a commodity that you can't produce on your own. It has to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. Faith rests, trusting in the testimony of the Word. I love the phrase that Dr. Martin Luther once said. He says, I believe what God's word promises if I feel it or if I don't feel it. Thank God that our faithlessness does not stop Jesus from coming to us with his blessing of peace. And even as we live our lives so many times, in fear behind locked doors, Christ comes into our midst. And with his word, he says, peace be with you. Everything is okay. Your sins are forgiven. I am here for always. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears, within, without. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive. Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yea, thine alone. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 